0: Okay, guys, welcome to the bonus podcast. I'm the host, Donatus Urbanas and Ritas Vyshnevskos, my colleague, my co-host. We are here uh, in Eurobasket in Berlin after the crazy eight final experience. And Ritas, probably you're going to agree with me that it was the best eight finalists we probably ever had in FIBA competition, right? Yeah, ever since FIBA went
1: with this format because um, in the past it was like group stage and the second group stage and then quarterfinals.
0: Okay, even including World Cup eight finals, for yeah, example.
1: Yeah, yeah from the very beginning the the very first game turkey france and then everything what happened later was so exciting and we have a huge upset already we had some drama, we had, comebacks. we had an overtime thriller, we had everything.
0: I mean, even the odds of the tournament were challenged by, let's say, smaller teams, Belgium, even Montenegro managed to come back. I mean, it was amazing experience. A lot of stuff was happening also behind the scenes. And for sure, we're going to discuss the highlights of the eight finals. Uh, And before we start, uh, our partners Courtside 1891 has a special offer uh, for you. You can watch Eurobasket 2022 live or on on demand on Courtside 1891. With a Eurobasket pass, you can watch all of the knockout phase for 30% less than the original event pass price. So mm, please uh, enjoy uh, Courtside 1891. Yeah, a lot of things uh, to discuss, uh, a lot of uh, dramas... uh, Crazy results, like almost all four Sunday's games finish at the same uh, result. Uh, but for sure, uh, probably the biggest upset uh, that shook uh, up the tournament was Serbia uh, failing to qualify to quarterf- quarterfinals and being eliminated by Italy. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's even hard to choose from where we should start because we had coach Gianmarco Paceco ejected. Then we had him trying to return to the floor uh, in the end of the fourth quarter. I don't know if you saw on TV. Uh, I did. Oh, because I, I at this when I went to the mixed zone, which is like a restricted area for journalists yes. uh, for the flash interviews, I heard somebody just screaming and shouting. You know, uh, it was very weird. It felt like that something was in pain. And I was like, maybe some Italian journalists were screaming because they were happy. I'm looking around, there are no Italian media uh, members, okay, and I just look at the court level and I see Gianmarco Paceco on knees, shouting, screaming, almost crying, do something, and it felt like that security tried to stop him, but it turned out it was Italian uh, national team representatives, yeah. tried to avoid any possible penalties, penalties both probably on and off the floor, because you cannot return to the court when you're ejected. Yeah. So, well, there's a reason he's, he's the atomic
1: fly. Yes. And I call him the Gennaro Gattuso of basketball <laughs> like you can find some similarities I agree, a lot
0: of similarities so
1: much passion for the game um as a basketball player he was very passionate as a coach uh, also very passionate and i think i saw a tweet from one of his um former players that played for him ah, Bilan. yeah Bilan. Yeah. yeah the croatian guy yeah that he was ejected eight times in, 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 in Sassari, Dinamo, Sardinia. And all eight games they won. Yeah, With the assistant coaches taking coach. over the wheel. Yeah. So is it like some sort of master plan? That I if know, things are going wrong, coach I'm, I'm going to do my,
0: my, my part? <laughs> no, but the assistant coach told that they're going to try to protect him yeah. you know, from being yeah. ejected. And but the, he
1: said you need like 12 UFC fighters to,
0: to protect him. That was his quote from from the uh, Man, press conference. Man, Pozzerko was crazy. I'm, uh, <laughs> it's a pity that he didn't come to the official press conference because I thought that it's going to be a whole different event, show, yes. some, some he amazing He was in the mix zone, right? He was only in the mix yeah. zone for some reason. And he even uh, took uh, our colleagues, he, he took his cheeks Yeah, he did twice. This. He did this yeah. to him. <laughs> he was just uh, screaming Italy, randomly. Uh, he was putting all these uh, crazy quotes. Uh, he gave a, a credit card uh, for his players to celebrate after the game. Yeah. I mean, and, and the, another highlight that he jumped straight to Giannis'
1: <laughs> arms, like like you know when when you come back uh, from a long trip, business trip, for mm-hmm. example, and your wife is there meeting you, you have, in the airport, or and you, or just you have see children, her, you yeah. haven't seen her for like three months. So you're gonna run straight to her, yeah. and she's gonna jump right into you. That's what Pocetto did, which Janis Janis <laughs> is, is so, so
0: huge because Pocetto looked like just a kid, you know.
1: But Janis seemed so so happy and joyful to have the Italian coach in his arms. I mean, Man, I that, was worried. That's a great mo- I mean, moment because
0: Janis had some niches and some guys just uh, randomly coming at you like an NFL player. I mean, <laughs> that was dangerous play. That was dangerous play. Listen, um, I
1: mean, we're gonna get to basketball details probably and talk talk about Italy later first of all we should talk about serbia in yeah. my opinion we had complaints actually during the tournament that we didn't cover the serbian mm. team enough and the reason for that was obvious they had an easy group stage yeah. in group d they have they had no competition and in my opinion that's a problem mm. life was just too easy for them in prague And all of a sudden, you're going to play a knockout game against a pretty solid and talented Italian team. Even though they don't have a true center, they they compensate with other things that they do on the court. So, it's not that good to go into the knockout stage without going through any adversities. Mm -hmm. They were beating all those teams in Group D by 20 or 30 points without, I mean,
0: effortless. So... Maybe that a- was
1: one of the reasons why they had problems.
0: Yeah, I was about to, to ask it uh, vasily message uh, before the game, but he, he couldn't come to the mix zone because at one, you know, looking from one uh, standpoint, okay, they didn't have the real test which might be, you know, a concern before the knockout yeah. sk- stage. At the same time, they, they had all these injury problems. Uh, they also have some uh, load management stuff they had to do for the main players. So at least they had this privilege, you know, to um, keep players rested. Because meanwhile, for example, Luka Doncic, most of these games were really tough for him yeah. physically. Let's, let's start with, with that. He had, you know, crazy back-to-back performances. And it can really uh, hitch your uh, fatigue. And Serbia had this privilege just to cruise uh, past this group stage. So I thought that maybe, okay, there are some disadvantages, but at the same time advantages. But from what we saw on the court, I mean, everything went well in the the most part of the first half. I mean... Mm, But not
1: necessarily. twelve. Yes. I mean, Jokic was just
0: destroying the paint. But the huge
1: problem was the second unit. The minutes that they played with Milutinov were so bad... He was attacked uh, by Italians with their pick and pop. All the time, Meli was was all was Serbian hitting. All Serbian bigs were attacked. Yeah, they the don't have a mobile big. Oscar, yeah. Jokic is also being attacked, but the thing is Jokic is dominating on offense. They should
0: have tried to play Kalinic at five. I don't know. I mean, something to look else. For some, Milutinov. Some different Milutinov. After
1: all his injuries, he, he lost all of his mobility. Yeah. I mean, and and the second unit was terrible,
0: honestly. And but we also have to emphasize that they have a lot of injury problems. Yes, some players were yes. back and forth, and it was also you know what kind of shortened their rotation. This yeah. is also important to address but you know I mean it's only one of the um, excuses so yeah
1: defensively they had a lot of issues with with Italy because Italy always have five shooters on the court and they were popping they, all the time they're popping Nicola Melli was amazing um also Aquila Polonara he hit some difficult shots actually and Simone Fontecchio I'm I'm just falling in love with him every single time he steps on a basketball court what a player what a leader and they're playing without Danilo Gallinari but when you see Fontecchio and the fire in his eyes you're thinking they're good with him as long as he's on, he's there they, they ha- they're capable of winning a game against any of these elite teams and of Wha- course Marcos Pissu
0: Okay, out Crazy of nowhere, yeah, twenty-two Just points, like to The same, I mean, out of nowhere, yeah. six of nine, three-point shooting, but and six assists. also. I actually loved Nicola Meli a lot. Not we know that he's very skilled offensively, but he was good defensively. He made some uh, huge blocks. He was physical. He put all of his you know strength trying to stop Jokic. Uh, no, to no surprise, he he was fouled out like uh, Gianpaolo Ricci and uh, our guys. I mean. Italy was very physical. And yes. I, I mean, they weren't afraid of Serbs. But we are praising the Italian team. And, you know, for sure there was some luck uh, behind it. And it completely reminded me 2004 Athens mm. uh, Olympics uh, semi final yeah. game, Lithuania 16 three pointers. Now they hit 16, then they hit 18. Potejo also was here, 17 points. Uh, Riccalcati was the head coach of the team. Now he's the assistant coach uh, of the team. I mean, I think I, even.
1: Those legendary Italian players were were uh, watching the game in Berlin. Like oh, really, Basilia? I think Galanda? so. I think so. Meneghin. Uh, Menegim yeah. was there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, it, even. The whole game, I mean, if you remember, Lithuania also had a solid lead in the first half, but Italians, they were always close. Yeah. And I, I told my colleagues, um, I didn't remember, it was Jonas or Lukas, this game reminds me a lot of 2004 because they're still you know, keeping close, they're making threes, and especially they, they got confidence in the uh, end of the second quarter when Jokic was uh, benched, and they made some uh, three-pointers. And for me, it was kind of a turning point because when... At the end of the game, you look at the stat sheet and you see Nikola Jokic playing 28 minutes. I mean, he's one of the best players in the tournament. And every time he was on the floor, okay, Italians tried to expose him uh, through pick and pops. But offensively, he was just unstoppable. Yeah, every was time, was drawing
1: fouls. It was
0: foul or open uh, look shot. And okay, at some point, they needed to rest him. But you cannot afford him to rest for 12 minutes in a 40-minute uh, game. And yes. I also missed a lot um, playing through him more uh, in the fourth quarter. In the Not just playing through him more, just having him on the court because it was that turning point in the end of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter when Italians you know, got this confidence and got this lead. I mean you cannot rest your best player no. for so long and especially no. when your bench really uh sucks uh, that night it was a bad day for a lot of role players mm. not only the bench guys so i mean i i think that it was a huge mistake uh by Co- coach passage to to have this very low usage of of the best player on the court which you can just give him the ball and just play through him through his passing through his shots through his uh, uh, post game I mean it was great game for Nikola he was feeling well he was making uh, 3 and 1 from Logo I mean it was amazing performance 15 free throws I mean, 15 pitch throws And in the fourth quarter He had only Three field goals And yes. four free throws It's N- crazy Not enough touches I agree with
1: you on that um, And
0: and you can say that Okay he was always attacked And you know uh, Three is more than two But But your other plus option plus Is minus. Milutinov so Exactly It's not like You're Milutinov solving anything or with uh, Yago to, uh, And I mean His plus minus yeah. Nikola's plus minus Was plus yeah. 11 So he
1: wasn't exposed I agree with you, he should have
0: played 35-36 minutes. You
1: can check Milutinov in in the first half, but immediately I saw that Milutinov in this game is gonna be destroyed. Because on offense, he didn't do anything except from one pick and roll action that he finished with a dunk. And on defense, they were in a terrible situation. His plus minus is minus 19 in 11 minutes.
0: He played 11 minutes. Yes, wow.
1: Almost 12 minutes actually. So I agree with you about Jokic playing time, Uh, but the the other problem is, okay, talents are hitting freeze. You could see that happening, right? But this Serbian team has enough talent to win in a high scoring basketball game. Yeah. Jokic has his numbers, but the supporting cast didn't deliver. Vasa Micic, EuroLeague MVP, did not deliver. You can look at 16 points and 8 assists, but look at his field goal percentage. Even
0: Kalinic. I mean, he had 12 points. A lot it, of spot-up shots were missed. Yeah, that, that's yeah. Defensively, that he was to be also said. different like,
1: than in the EuroLeague. Lucic missed some spot-up shots. Um, Vasa missed Goodrich a lot. Gudric was Goodrich. miserable. 0 from five. He uh, missed four. everything. He couldn't get yeah. a bucket. So the supporting cast did not deliver. And obviously you have a very good team but when when you're seeing stuff like that happening on the court you're thinking man they need Bogdan Bogdanovic and Nemanja Bjelica yeah. so with these two guys they would they would be un- unbeatable
0: yeah
1: but it is what it is and in my but eyes even with this
0: group they should have one yes, game yes
1: for sure for sure i agree with you and and, and in my eyes there's no other way Svetislav Pešić has to either step down or or the Basketball Federation has to make a decision.
0: Because we're talking about, you know, being short of men, but, I mean, Italians, they played with six or seven guys on the court, so, you know, they also had the same issue, but I completely agree with you because I think, I don't remember if we discussed it on our podcast before the tournament or it was said in Lithuanian podcast, but we said that the main thing that might stop this team could be coach, Coach Pesic. Why? Because he likes to play, let's say, to put his system into the game and to play according to his rules. And honestly, when you have players like Vasilya Misic and Nikola Jokic, you don't need any system, really. I mean, just give them the ball, just do what Ataman does in, in FS. You have enough uh, physical presence defensively mm-hmm. and offensively, I mean, you're done. Just And play more through Nikola yeah. Jokic. And at the same time, don't kill them. I mean, from what I heard, um, probably it was also said in in Serbian media, I didn't read it, but I mean, they, they had really exhausting training camp and also just exhausting trainings during the competition. And from what I heard, the team was happy, the atmosphere was great, everything was cool. But players... They already felt exhausting during the group stage, mm. and man, you're h- having this privilege. Okay, maybe right. it was also influenced by injuries, players uh, being back and forth. Maybe some some of the guys had to, to to play more minutes because of that. But at the same time, I mean, you have this privilege to improve your game steadily uh, during the group stage. You don't need to put all your best like we had in this uh, group of death. Mm. How? in in what world you're doing this with this team and in national team competition, you're not building uh, your your players for the whole season. So I think it also comes from the, you know, old school mentality of of Coach coach Pesic because all these coaches, they uh, really focus on physical preparation, you know, making uh, these guys physically prepared. And even in the press conference, he said that, oh, his guys, uh, his players were like not in the best shape uh, not physically ready uh, to match, you know, Italy, who, who was playing fast, you know, sharing the ball quickly. Yeah, yeah. And maybe I, I, they didn't get this idea because maybe it was just his, uh, let's say, problem of communicating his ideas in English. Because at first, man, he said that Serbians lack physicality and one journalist asked, What do you mean? You lack physicality. Italy played small ball and you're. They don't have a center. These they don't have a center. Exactly. So he explained that they were. Uh, they were they felt like fatigued and not in the, let's say, physical shape by it saying physicality. Really strange. But at the same time, it really sounds strange. Well, from what
1: you're saying, I, I get the impression that there were some bad decisions in the whole preparation process right because i i I couldn't imagine for example coach sakulic pushing luka to his limits that wouldn't work that wouldn't do good and yeah nikola jokic i mean he had a good tournament in numbers but he's a top three player of the tournament and probably of the world he was not used enough Although, after that spectacular 3-1 play, I really thought that Serbians might still come back and win the game. However, after that, they continued to play desperation ball. A lot of terrible drives to the paint by Vasa, missed spot-up shots, Uh, they couldn't get back on defense. Yeah, some other players playing hero ball. And Fontecchio just closed the game with the end-1 eventually, so yeah, we... We've discussed the problems of of, of the Serbian team. Maybe we should talk a little bit about Italy.
0: Yeah. So just just to conclude, we need a different type of coach uh, for this team. It was already, you know, a red flag because, I mean, with all the respect, uh, I mean, the age. And we we shouldn't judge people because of their age, but because of their approach, also says a lot about their mentality, approach, and having this young generation. Yeah, who likes to play this, you know, basketball with a lot of freedom because they have enough skill and creativity. Yeah, to you know, just decide uh, the game and the way they want. You have to have a different approach. You have to have yeah. a different connection with the players, as as we as we said. There's no need to physic- just kill them physically in the preparation camp. Just do what Slovenians uh, uh, does. I mean, the approach had to be different. So usually you need a younger coach who feels. Players mm. better who feels uh, this era, different era of players uh, better, and this old school basketball it doesn't really but I, work. I agree with you only to some extent. Age is
1: not a problem here. No, the no. Approach is there the problem. is Aitor like,
0: Garcia, and He says, for example, there is uh, he, they, I think the Messina, uh,
1: When he came back from NBA, he's full yeah. of new ideas. Jelko Bradovic, yeah, he, yeah. he reads the modern game. It's not the age, he but he understands the modern players
0: still. Being in that old era, yeah, yeah. Of understanding I won all of my things. medals. Yeah.
1: I have all these credentials. You have to respect me. I'm the authority. I'm gonna kick Milos Teodosic out of the team. All that stuff. And yeah, yeah, I get it. Don't I get, get it. us
0: wrong. Pesic is a great coach, one of the best all-time coaches, especially in the FIBA and competitions. he will be in the in, like in he, the Hall of Fame and, exactly. and everything. But not the rightest fit for this yes. particular team yes. with such a huge talent on the court. So, but
1: who is the great fit? It's Jamarco Poceco for Italy. Oh players got so passionate after that ejection after everything that happened he didn't just leave the court oh, yeah. he left the court kissing his players and and waving to the fans and
0: he hugged every player uh, yes. he kissed every player then yes. for some reason he mm, shared high fives with Serbian players yes. so he also kissed uh, Predrag Danilovic yes yes I he mean, did <laughs> and it's it's Posekos way i mean if there it, if it was Ataman maybe he was like uh, during yeah. the cuffing and just leave. Okay, sit uh, on the bench for like a few minutes and then just leave. You no, know, the and difference Marco... The difference with him and Adaman is that Adaman will get ejected when his
1: team is down by 20 and he's just angry about what's happening. Uh, Gianmarco Poceco was ejected when they were down by 6 or something like that. It, w- it was still a close game, but he was really... Unhappy. <laughs> about to be the honest, refs.
0: you know, we probably we were sure that he won't survive the game because he after the first, got technical, the first technical very early, like in yeah, the yeah, second yeah, minute yeah. of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he was still. Usually, after the technical, you kind of try to be calmer, try to go with yeah. a different approach. <laughs> I thought that he will be ejected in the first half. You could bet money on him being ejected. although. Yeah. We have to address this issue. I mean, I don't get these technical fouls. I mean, especially when the bench is celebrating and one, okay, for sure, sometimes there might be some remarks, oh, maybe the foul should have been earlier, but you cannot, you know, call the technical like that Yesterday
1: situation. in four games, there were like total of 12 technicals. It felt like there was some order from the top you know just if they're complaining just punish them yeah but, i mean come oh, on
0: let them play let them i remember i remember emotions. game
1: croatia finland we're going to talk about that game in detail later but early on they got they gave the first technical to the bench then a technical to damir Molomerovic, then technical to one yeah, of the Croatian players like greece uh, czech republic the same so i don't get it I, I don't get it
0: why and you know especially it 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 f- I feel very angry about that because we were in the group stage in in Cologne. Yeah, we saw Luka Doncic. I mean, Luka Doncic is talking the referees for the entire game. Let's be honest, not in the most polite way. He's sometimes, sometimes shouting he, he's at trying them. Trying to be polite, but sometimes yeah. he's barking at them. Sometimes he's trying to be polite. Ironic. There's a lot of uh, different emotions, but in my eyes, he didn't get a T, not a single think, one. I think he got one. When, Which yeah, game? he got one. I think it was one? one of the last games, and it was not during the game. He was just going to the bench. There was a timeout, and of course, Luca had to say oh, yeah. something to the oh, referees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got I one, te- that, yeah. one technical foul. Then we see the, these teams, these guys, and as soon as they, let's say, explode a little bit, it's a directly technical yeah. foul. And I just don't get it. And I completely agree that there's a different treatment. I'm not sure about these calls because these are best players in the world like Luka, Janis uh, Jokic and you kind of cannot let them, you know, opponents to kill them and to be more physical than mm. usual and okay, I can agree that some calls, especially when we saw like what was happening with Jokic every time Italy big men like uh, Meli or Djokic uh, you trying she,
1: to just push him out out yeah. of the pain but Some of those calls were definitely star calls, but this is a different topic. Yeah. We're going to discuss about the star calls. I still want to stay with Italy for a little bit. I mean, Mm, the technical fouls is just a part of the story. Yeah. This team is is built to play beautiful offensive basketball based on great ball movement because Mm. they don't have the instruments to be a defensive team. But these guys are clicking together. Mm. Like Nico Mannion is not having a good tournament. All of a sudden, Marcos Pisu steps up. Uh, the bigs they can shoot the free. We know that, and they do their part. I mean, Polonara and Meli, all both together, hit six 3 pointers
0: from thirteen. They're just very uncomfortable opponents. And for example, for the game those teams France? that play
1: with, for those teams that play with. Bigs that are not very mobile, and they're gonna play against France. I mean, France could have some problems, although Rudy Gobert is not milutinov and yeah. not even yeah, not Yok yeah. That's a huge improvement. He can, he yeah, with
0: borea some... I mean, they have b- for us. for example, for bigs. Lithuania,
1: Ita- Italy would be a nightmare with Valenciunas on the court. Oh yeah, and Sabonis. So listen, it, it, it's th- it's a team based on good ball movement, great chemistry, a lot of passion, and, and passion. That. Yes, yeah. that's what you love to see.
0: Yeah. I mean, from this is the team you want to cheer for, really. I agree with you,
1: man. I don't think. I mean, they have certain limits and and a ceiling, mm. and I don't see them winning a medal.
0: It's hard to predict them. But France, Very right now, team. France
1: is a beatable team. So in the quarterfinal, a lot of things could happen. But another funny thing from from this game was uh, uh, watching Vincent Collet in, in the stands. Like, France, they went through so much, and people were saying. Yeah, they made it to the quarterfinals, but they're gonna face Serbia, and it's it's not gonna be a good matchup. Jokic against Gobert, blah blah blah. Matsankole is just sitting there watching the game. Oh, Italy! We don't have to play Serbia. I don't I don't think he's underestimating Italy, but it's yeah. all of a sudden a
0: good situation for France. What I love so much, if you remember when France was playing against Lithuania, there was this idea. If they lose the last two games, they will be fourth, and potentially yeah. they will have the easier bracket. Yeah. And they decided to go all in for the win. Yeah. And uh, this is what Evan Forneo also said. And they just decided to play the right way. And then, and we kind of were sure that they're going to meet Serbia. And then what? look what we have. They played the right way, and now they're facing Italy in quarterfinals. And what happened to Croatia? They tried... Okay, they didn't do any, let's say, well, they didn't criminals. They, they didn't lose on purpose. Yeah, they didn't lose on purpose. Boy, maybe just they had to miss a free yeah, throw. Yeah, but I like this thing of you know the ball don't lie. Mm. So you know
1: they lost in the eight finals. So do you want to move to that game, Croatia Finland? I
0: just want to finish this uh, referees. Topic probably, yeah, or you we love, kind of discussed it. You love talking about the refs, right? No, I hate, I hate, <laughs> and you know, I, I'm but just, I'm so glad just do your part. The, the whole quality and the whole excitement of these games kind of oh, yeah, not just kind of overshadow a lot of uh problems uh we have, but just the last thing to address, um, besides Lucas' treatment, and of course. For sure, I'm going to get a lot of hate for, for these comments from Slovenian fans, but probably are, you're aware that I'm a driver of Lucas' bandwagon. I mean, I love well, him.
1: Well, I don't think you're a driver. I
0: think I have the license here and oh, really? I'm driving. I thought yeah. that you were on Mike James' bandwagon. Well, So you cannot drive two cars. Mike James is a EuroLeague star. Okay, so now we're
1: talking about... He doesn't about have any impact on Okay, FIBA but or...
0: Like. I have a front seat. Yeah, but you're still then. in the
1: passenger seat. I think I'm driving. Oh, well, okay. we can switch, like... Tomorrow you can drive. You you said that France will win the tournament, so... (laughs) That was the prediction, but... you're you're
0: driving them to the wrong destination.
1: Now, I mean, that's the prediction, but the player I support is Luka Doncic and and one of the reasons why I support him so much. uh, Because I always love these geniuses in their Mm. own, uh, in their own world, where they don't need that much effort to be very Mm. good. Because I'm not the guy who cheers for the perfect athlete. Uh You're not cheating for Yanis. I always... I mean, I I love Yanis, but he's not like my favorite player. I always cheer for guys that play based on their IQ, and outside of basketball, they're they're just chill. Like Boris Mm. Diaw, one of my favorite players of all time because of his approach. Mm. And Luka Doncic is kind of similar to that. Yeah, you can talk about his um, personality that he's always complaining to the refs and all that Mm. stuff, but he puts up a show. I love the show. I love the entertainment everything that he does yeah. Edo Muric hits the free he's cooking and, and everything that he does on the court that's uh, how sh-
0: basketball should be played that's why we're coming to gyms
1: yeah he's playing like he's on a on, on the street he's mm. enjoying basketball he loves basketball and obviously he wants to win so yeah
0: the last thing to address we should do something about the rule book oh, yes. the unsportsmanlike yeah. fouls yeah. because okay we kind of get it that idea that you cannot be too aggressive with making fouls when I mean, you're down by one two or three and it's you know the last uh, seconds of the game but at the same time if you remember the first game on saturday i think that three or four games were kind of almost killed just because of that. Mm-hmm. that i mean the players made a quick foul didn't touch the ball they do the video review oh it's a sportsman like foul and you know you shoot two free throws you have the ball the game is over as it's supposed to be with uh, Turkey and and France game. I mean, it shouldn't be that way. We all know that it's going to be intentional foul, but we cannot... And, you know, referees are doing according to the playbook, according according to the rule book. We all know it's going to be intentional foul, but just don't make it like, oh, you must touch the ball. Because every time you see the opponent coming at you, for sure he's going to foul you. Just spin like this, he won't touch the ball, and it's... What, what is it? And Spursman like uh, foul? Yeah, those no. are stupid
1: rules and they, yeah. they just go against the spirit of the yeah. game. Uh, and I think this needs to be changed. This should yeah. have been changed just like years ago. Let us have ago, these
0: situations where you still have a chance to make a buzzer A beater. lot of
1: people watch basketball for entertainment. No, not so for, they, ex- yeah. they expect to see buzzer beaters. And FIBA, well, they will continue to promote the Eurobasket in, in promo clips using... Diamantidis, uh, game winner against France. Dirk Nowitzki, game winner against uh, Spain over Jorge Garbajosa. Uh, these moments will live forever. So you should do everything that you you have more of these buzzer beaters and game winners. But these rules within sportsmen like Fouls, they don't leave you the opportunity to win by, by the last shot, usually. Mm-hmm. So I completely agree with you. I think every basketball player person agrees, whether it's a player or a coach or a journalist. Nobody wants to see these unsportsmanlike fouls. They do video reviews uh, yeah, for like we, two or three minutes. The unsportsmanlike foul, in my opinion, is is uh, something where when you can hurt your opponent, mm. you can injure somebody. Like when Rudy Gobert is jumping yeah. up and someone's pushing him in the back, like yeah. what happened in, in Turkey-France game. Very dangerous It's player. an unsportsmanlike foul. It's like in NBA terms, like flagrant one or flagrant two. But these intentional fouls, I mean, come on, man. Everybody knows that yeah. the player with the ball is going to be fouled. Just yeah. let them
0: let him decide
1: calls, themselves. There,
0: there should be feel of the game, feel of the situation. Yes, the
1: spirit of the game. I, I yeah. love the term from football. The yeah. spirit of the game. And But, you know, sometimes these unsportsmanlike fouls don't clinched the win for you. (laughs) Wow. I mean... (laughs) Turkey,
0: France, man. I mean... (laughs) What happened there? 12 seconds to play. You're up by two. You have two free throws and the ball in your hands. I feel so bad for Chedi Osman. I mean... 2019 against USA. I can... Also... I cannot imagine how he, he, you know, had any Mm. sleep that night. Uh, Probably not. Probably didn't. Yeah. But it, painful, painful loss. I mean, Tuncher, who had an amazing game, maybe the game of his life. He became
1: the new Ibrahim Kutlai of of Turkey, like all Clay of. Thompson, si- as it says, yeah, six six. Clay Thompson, as he said, was naturalized Clay Thompson. Larkin was out,
0: so yeah, they brought Clay Thompson. But we
1: didn't expect anything from this game, like after Larkin's injury, after all the problems oh, yeah. w-
0: with Turkey and yeah.
1: Belici, they were not coming. We thought at all. that France they will win it, they will win confidently by, by a solid margin, but no, all of a sudden. We witnessed Vincent Koles, Koles' team collapsing in the second mm-hmm. half, and Turkey had a game in their in their pocket. Mm. They just
0: needed... Finally, they hit shots. Okay, and and you it's know, crazy how they hit shots if to you... To share yeah. where Do the points were coming from. But they have good looks, and they had some good looks before, and especially in the first half. And maybe yeah. it was related to the early time, and I was kind of surprised I didn't even think about it, but mm-hmm. Evan Fournier gave me uh, this quote that... You know, uh, they really had good uh, looks. Just couldn't connect uh, all those shots, and maybe it's connected to the early time because you still cannot use your uh, legs. The focus is different, and what was interesting that, for example, Evan Fournier. I mean, we can remind you that they played at at twelve o'clock. Twelve o'clock. It's super early because they had to leave the hotel at nine forty-five, something like that. And Evan Fournier, for example, he has some eye issues early in the morning. Uh, so, uh, for that game, he had to woke up earlier because his eyes needs to adjust to some light. And for that, he also had to play video okay. games like Mario Go-Karts or something. That's a nicest excuse to play video games. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it helped him, you know. He made <laughs> some very important shots, you know. He missed yeah. some very important That's shots. He's not having a very good tournament. Yeah, but, yeah. How- but when it, you know, when it's, it's needed, he, he's making all those yeah, shots.
1: Yeah, uh, my, my takes from this game are... Turkey just randomly had a chance to win it and go to the quarterfinals. France, in my opinion, Vincent Collet made some mistakes. He could have gone to switch all defense with Rudy Gobert a lot earlier and avoid Oston Cher's three-pointers with the drop coverage because Gobert had four personal fouls and he just stayed on the court for 15 minutes straight with four fouls switching all the time. Mm. Turkey didn't have good ball handlers. So you can easily switch with Gobert. You can even switch with Foul. It's, it's, it's not a problem. Yeah, he's not that bad at so switching. So yeah. they could have avoided this situation. But France, they have a problem with turnovers in this tournament. And, and the other teams facing France, they always score a lot of points from their turnovers. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but France has a huge problem with third quarters.
0: 56 points from turnovers yes. by Turkey.
1: And wow. France has a huge problem with third quarters. They play the first half usually and they are leading after two quarters. It's what happened in a group stage mm. with Bosnia and Herzegovina, for example. And the third quarter is some sort of black hole for them. I don't know what happens during that time. Of course, this French team needs another ball handler. They're lacking another ball handler. Fournier is not very consistent and you're depending on Thomas Artel. So,
0: yeah, and I mean... And we also had to mention Rudy Gobert. I mean, he was like yes. a life insurance. I think that in from the fourth quarter uh, until the end of the overtime, he had like, a, he grabbed like 11 rebounds. It was like five or six offensive rebounds. And we can remember all these Super important uh tip-ins, tip put-back yes. uh, dunks. And he just saved their asses because they m- they were missing a lot. And he just grabbed like five offensive rebounds. and His best game lead-ups. of the tournament I mean, so far. Yeah. He was super important for for French team. Mm. 20 points, 17 rebounds. Amazing game for Rudy Gobert.
1: The funny thing is, after Osman's missed free throws, Turkey was still in an okay position. They have the ball and they are up by two. And they were inbounding the ball, and they did inbound to, mm. to and, the chair, and he was yeah, fouled. But yeah. the ref says the clock didn't start, man. Ah, you yeah. have to do it again. And what that was huge. And what happened then? They lost the ball. That was huge. <laughs> they lost the ball. Fournier went for a floater, which usually is an easy floater for him. It was kind of short but gobert was was there and he did the
0: putback yeah and i actually missed that situation when, because i was in the mix zone. yes because so for the end of the game you have to be in the mix zone like earlier yes yes so we have to yes. go through a it could have been a
1: tunnel. different story if not for the clock issues exactly
0: exactly because i thought that it was a huge mistake before when korkmaz was sent to shoot three uh, yeah. free throws and well. you know an extra point was kind of stolen. A yeah. painful loss for
1: Turkey, but in the end, I think France is a better team and for the quality of the competition, it's a good thing that France went through because France can go to the finals and and you wouldn't be surprised. Turkey... If Turkey me, had uh, Schilarken, t- uh, yep, I wouldn't agree with you, but... To me, what they did in this game was kind of random. Like, And it was their ceiling. I, th-
0: I think that they just hit their ceiling. And let's be honest, France is not the yeah. best opponent yeah. in the tournament. Yeah. But they're growing, they're uh, upgrading their game, and they're improving a little bit. And, you know and Rudy what? Gobert, for example, you can compare him in the beginning of the tournament and now. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, getting he's, he's different, Rudy he's getting, Gobert. Yeah. We'll see how it goes with Fournier. Uh, oh. Of course, they're missing uh, better ball handlers because Thomas uh, Artel is... Probably one, just one playmaker you can really trust. They might be, na- Furnia, they might sure.
1: be one Nando De Colo away from winning the gold medal. Yeah,
0: you know, and especially yeah with these uh, upsets that are happening around them.
1: What I love about Italy France quarterfinal is the fact that these are two of my favorite national anthems.
0: That's true. That's true. <laughs> As the pregame, you must be, you know, yes. in the arena. Yes. Uh, what right. do we have?
1: Croatia, Finland. I want to talk about okay, this game. We can
0: go through all Croatia, the Finland, games, you know. the rest of the games, a bit quickly. <sighs> What's
1: up with Mario Hezonia? What the fuck is wrong with him? Are you really surprised? I mean, I expected something from him in the tournament. He was terrible. His body language was terrible. Not only him, most of these guys in Team Croatia. I, I can only say some positive words about Simon. Boyan Bogdanovic and Jalen Smith, even though he's an American, but mm. he, he he was there for the team. The other guys, I mean, some of them are okay, they're just not that great players, but like Hezonia.
0: And it's really strange because he's coming off the season in, in Kazan where Kazan surprisingly clicked together just like Lorenzo Brown told that that season he had probably the best atmosphere he ever had in the uh, club competition and Hezonia was part of it so I thought that you know that's the reason why I put them high in my rankings before the competition I thought that Hezonia all the other guys Saric they're Mm -hmm. already matured enough to click together, finally, to sacrifice their egos and just mm, to build a good chemistry. And the chemistry was, you know, they they didn't have any fights. They they didn't have any conflicts. And from what I heard, you know, these NBA guys took care of uh, the rest of the team very nicely, you know, but of course they weren't a family, you know, we saw it on the court and just as always, they missed something to click. They have enough talent to go to the semifinals, but they just never click as a team. Mm, and
1: I, I have to say I'm d- disappointed with Damir Mulaverovic and his coaching. You should have a plan for a team that that's based on one player. And his whole, whole idea against Lauri Markkinen was that I'm just going to switch bodies and try all mm. these different players. I will try Saric, I will try Bogdanovic, I will try uh, only even for, for, for a short period of time. And you're just leaving Markkinen to do his stuff one-on-one all the time. And and Lauri Markkinen... Uh, the Larry Bird from Vanta as I call him mm. he could have gl- so he's
0: more of Larry Bird for you than Dirk Nowitzki well, he actually did in, Dirk in this yesterday. game in this game a little bit of both yeah but because Dirk's career the, high is also 43 in Eurobasket history
1: he could have gone for 50 in this game or even more he, he finished but the game with a very high field goal percentage of 29, I, can, I can check 66 yeah. okay. 19 of 29 right yeah. yeah Sixty-six. so listen He's a great player. He's a star on the FIBA court, but you need to have a plan for him. You know that other guys, they can shoot like Sasu Salin and everybody else. Croatia is not a very good defensive team. Okay, I get that. But still, uh, you need to make some decisions during the game. If something's not working, you need to try some other ideas. You need to have your plan A, plan B, plan C, and plan D prepared. Like Finland's going to play Spain in, in the quarterfinals. Can you imagine Scariolo? Man. Watching markkanen going for 40 mm. and just sit, sitting there like, oh,
0: man, there's nothing we can do. Then you mentioned coaching and game planning. I mean, that's the coach you can trust. To try to stop and yeah. to contain Lauri Markan and I mean yeah. kudos uh, to Finland uh, fans. Huge oh my god! Huge shout out! I Amazing mean, win for Lauri Markan. I love, I I love, love uh, coach uh, Lassi Tuovi. I mean, it's it's a perfect achievement for them. But I cannot wait for quarterfinals because Sergio Correia is the guy who okay. will. Who will bring so much creativity in ways how it's possible to stop and to contain Laurie Lauri Markkinen? Because that's what we saw. That we saw his masterpiece against Lithuania. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not biased. I mean, and I think that we're uh, you know looking at the situation from both camps. But Lithuania was more talented team than Spain. On paper. Deeper team than Spain on paper. But what Scariolo did. Uh, limiting how bigs at first. They couldn't get the ball in good positions. Valenciunas well, played his worst game. He couldn't be on the floor because he was always exposed uh, offensively. Mm. Then what he did with Marius Grigones is just isolating him and just, you know, um, forcing him to forget all those uh, great games he had. I mean, it it was a masterpiece. Really. Yeah. A yeah. lot of different variations, like three, four, five different ways how to stop bigs. Grigonis, I mean, he didn't, Good decisions offensively. We've just given keys of, of the car to Lorenzo Brown in the end of the fourth quarter, and he just killed us, you know. But all these role players, they found their spot, like Alberto Diaz, an- another amazing performance by him. He, he actually. Almost won the game against Turkey with this uh, crazy tip that mm. uh, sent the ball out of bounds uh, f- because of uh, Shane Larkin touched the ball last one. He also made some great uh, charges in that game. Now he was also very important defensively. He kind of, you know, grabbed Jokubaitis or Lekovic's ankle and just didn't let them feel uh, good or he just uh, defensively tried to stop uh, Grigonis. I don't know, Rudy Fernandez. My God, 37-year-old uh, guy. He... He was questionable for the game. He was, again, injured. But He's he has slower, a heart of the champion. Man, he has the winner mentality. Making all these clutch
1: three-pointers. He's a big game player, you know.
0: Garubo, with these offensive rebounds. I mean, but, you know, it was not a surprise. Even you know, Alberto was Diaz the was the
1: next factor. Exactly, with his Alberto defense, Diaz the way was, was amazing. he was pressuring the ball handlers. I love the you know, And
0: he, he almost, almost didn't make the team because he was one of the final cuts. So he was cut, but you You got, got, got injured got and, and he yeah. got back.
1: You know, you could foreseen that Scariolo will use a lot of different defensive systems. That's what he does. Mm. That's the way he coaches his team. Uh, but still Lithuania didn't look prepared for the box and one box. And one, first of all, against Sabonis, then Mm. for a long period of time, box and one against Grigonis, the idea, the whole idea for Spain was to limit the touches of our best players, mm. Grigonis and our two bigs. Yeah. Fallenčunas got in foul trouble, that's that's another yeah. topic. Uh, so they went with, if Lithuania is going to beat us, let them win by the role players shooting freeze. And we were in a good position, actually, up by 11 oh, yeah. in the third, and Kosminskas was getting hot. We were up by 11, yeah. But the problem with our team is that we cannot afford to go to the last minutes with a close mm-hmm. result because other teams always have a better player in the perimeter. Yeah. A player that closes the game and kills the game and lives for the clutch. Like Lorenzo Dantes-Brown. Yeah, That's what he did. And I think our coach, Kazis Maxvitis, he was late to react to some of Scariola's decisions. And I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw us starting the overtime with Valenciunas dropping. Mm. And Bresdakis covering Lorenzo mm. Dantes-Brown, who was... With the backdoor cut, getting the end one. And Kazis, Maxvitis needed two minutes of us suffering nah. to go to Domato Sabonis and start switching. But that was a bit too late. Yeah. Lorenzo was in his rhythm. Lorenzo then, his confidence was sky high. He wanted to check himself against an NBA All-Star in an ISO and hit a free. So Sergio Scali- Scariolo and Lorenzo Brown killed us. But as you said, other players like Usman Garuba. Villar and Gomez had a great game offensively, but the coach saw that with Garuba we have better defense and, and rebounding.
0: rebounding yeah. So he went with Garuba and really had no problem with that. He made this uh, crucial tip in in the end of the regulation yeah. uh, that basically saved them. Because if we just got that rebound, we were up by one, I think. Yes. And the game was done, probably. Most likely and because they would have fouled Iggy uh, called, uh, also had like, well. a great tip in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the- I mean, that was a crazy game. Yeah. That was a crazy game. But again, it just showed me how great Sergio Scariolo is and I would really put him as probably I don't know, top three, top five all time FIBA competition head mm-hmm. coaches. Uh not just because he won Eurobasket three times, probably, he also won the World Cup once, yeah, because the 2006 Six, yeah, was yeah. with Pepo but, but what what I want to say yeah. I mean, and everybody can say that, oh, he had this amazing generation of Spanish national teams Gazal Brothers Rudy at his peak, Sergio Rodriguez Jose all these amazing players yeah, but you cannot take it for granted look at Serbia, they had amazing squad, we, before we saw yeah. a lot of crazy teams he managed, you know, to join the, that group not, let's say, not to disturb, disturb them to do what they can do best on the court and to keep the, the chemistry and continuity yeah. throughout the years. And what I love also the most is that when these players left, were injured or couldn't play, what we saw on the FIBA World Cup, for example, in China, that was a whole different team. Uh, and he managed to build a team around Ricky Rubio. And suddenly, offensively, offensive-minded team became a defensive-minded team. Yeah,
1: with aging Mark Gasol.
0: With aging Mark Gasol. And then we have this group almost random group of players who never played together. I mean, these are okay ACB-level players with some NBA guys like Hannah Gomez brothers, amazing addition uh, of, of Lorenzo Brown, better than Rudy Fernandez. But it's there's no way it's semifinal team. It's yeah. barely a quarterfinal team. Uh, it just shows... But, I mean, but he managed to adjust, to find the strengths of these teams, to to somehow uh, to to put uh, these role players in their best positions and they're winning again, and probably they're going to make their odds to make the semifinals. They should be in the medal stage, And yes. they could win the medal if, for example, Slovenia doesn't go to the final, maybe they're lacking of some motivations. something ha- happens like it happened last year in Tokyo, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see Spain winning a medal right now. I mean, that and that's part of Sergio uh, Sergio Scariola. And I think that he, all. I mean, there were a lot of great uh, coaches like Duda yeah. Ivkovic, and I think that Scariola on the list of the most winningest Eurobasket coaches is like third yeah. or something. But I mean, that's that's just amazing. Yeah, it was amazing his, his
1: masterclass, and. Probably everybody agrees that in a best-of-five series, Lithuania would beat Spain. This Spain. I mean, this roster, this group of guys in the best-of-five. But it's one game.
0: Hmm.
1: It's a knockout tournament. So in in this situation, for Scariolo, the most important thing was to always stay close. Nobody expected Spain to win by 20. Mm -hmm. But just stay close, and Lorenzo's going to do his stuff in the end of the game. And that's exactly what what happened. And it just shows that in in this tournament, one elite coach and one elite point guard can do a lot. And they they can go really deep. Yeah, with some right right pieces. And the interesting thing is that Correct me if I'm wrong. Scariolo is leaving the national team after the Eurobasket or Mm, not?
0: I don't think so. He should stay for the... For the whole Olympic cycle. I think so. I think that he leaves uh, after... I'm, I'm I'm just
1: brainstorming. Like when Scariolo leaves... Pablo Lasso should be (laughs) like perfect candidate. Pablo Lasso is on on the end of my tongue, you know. It's like a no brainer.
0: (laughs) I just heard some rumor like he's leaving after this this Ah. year, but maybe I'm wrong, man. I mean you know, know, you you caught me on the spot, but if I remember well, Jorge Garbajosa told that I think that when he was asked about Pablo Lasso as the potential next coach, he told that okay, okay, of course I admire and love Pablo Lasso, but we have Sergio and he should stay until twenty twenty four. He's under the contract. So fair enough. Well, usually that makes
1: sense for, for, for somebody to stay for the coach yeah. to state the, the whole Olympic cycle yeah,
0: yeah. right what the else? last game we have to discuss yeah Greece, Greece Czech, Repo- Czech Republic amazing another amazing campaign by Czech Republic I mean I love it just coach shows how, how he's un, un, an underrated coach I don't get it why he's not getting a chance at club competition like
1: Maccabi's hiring some sometimes questionable coaches exactly they never went for Ginsburg mm, look what so he's weird. doing with with the Czech Republic team. what
0: else he has to do to get any recognition at club uh, competition. They had a
1: very solid game plan. I love the way they were so disciplined to get back on defense and build that wall against Yanis. Even after a missed bucket, it's so hard to get back on defense and just set yourself. But they were building the wall. All the time, to, for, there was always they knew what they were going to give,
0: and they, the help coming from the yeah. third guy. I mean, the help this is was incredible.
1: I mean, when you're facing Yanis, the help comes from the weak side and from the strong side. Everyone's in the wall, yeah. and you're just suffering. It was Vesely had such contact with Yanis. Probably, when a, if, if you get hit by a car, it's, yeah. it's easier I, to accept the contact I, than Yanis. Physical guy, yeah. <laughs> but they knew what they what they're going to give to Greece. Corner freeze, Papa Petru, Papa Nikolaou, Nikolaitis. They're going to live with that. They were in the game all the time. Satoransky played as a floor general with 17 assists. Jan he's Vesely. playing through injury.
0: Yeah. Yes, Let's exactly. remind the fact that he, if, if that was Barcelona's decision, he wasn't Barcelona yeah. at the moment, when yes. he decided to play through injury. I mean, amazing performance, 17 assists, another Eurobasket So record. huge
1: respect to Czech Republic. Nobody
0: yeah. expected them actually to win the yeah. game, but... And to be in the game it, with like it,
1: five, four minutes to play, it's just amazing. They did all the right stuff, and, and offensively as well. I mean, offensively, it, that's the magic of FIBA tournaments. Players that are not... Yeah. Elite on club level, like uh, Ruban, Auda, Balvin, they always step up for their national team. Yeah. And when you're watching them playing here, you're thinking maybe he could play in the Euroleague. Yeah, exactly. but no, he couldn't. But here, it's mm-hmm. working. They have a clear system, clear principles of the way they want to play. And that's a really solid basketball team. However, Greece, what I love about Yanis right now, he's so calm. Mm. In 2019, he was desperate to start dominating right from the very beginning, to go through all those walls and just start dunking and always getting offensive fouls. Right now, he doesn't care about the numbers. He knows that it's going to come naturally. After the first half, I was covering the game. Yannis was like with four or six points. four points. And I said to my colleague on air, don't you worry about that. He's going to finish the game with his usual numbers Mm. because the basketball game is long and that's what Yanis learned growing and maturing yeah. as, a, as a player and another good thing that itudes did defense with Papa Yanis was not working so in the second half he made a quick decision that I have to play with a more mobile lineup and we have to switch we need those big bodies there and also Yanulis yeah, Lorenzakis all of a sudden. Yeah. Tyler Dorsey wasn't really working in the game plan. He had mm, some six issues. Six points,
0: one of yeah. uh, five points. So the
1: decided I'm going to go for Lorenzakis because he has a lot of passion mm. and he's going to do some damage f- for Czech Republic. And that's what he did.
0: Y- you mentioned this Yanis 2019 and Yanis 2022 thing. And I asked it to uh, coach uh, Ginsburg, and in his uh, nice English he said, okay he's so-so shooter but what he emphasized and what kind of relates uh, to your thoughts that he improved a lot in passing that's probably the biggest difference and he became way more uh, calmer of course he got stronger but now he reads uh, the game better so Mm. that's the biggest improvement and of course that's a huge improvement uh, talking about greeks uh, chances uh, to finish the tournament winning eurobasket for example but it
1: just shows how phenomenal Giannis Kumpo is. You're preparing your defense, your whole plan, just to stop one player. Mm. And you're gonna live with the other four players shooting, even if they're wide open. Mm. But there's no other way. If you leave Giannis like one-on-one in ISO against Vesely without help from weak side and strong side, he's gonna go for 80 or I don't know (laughs) how much. Wow, I mean, I'm so impressed. The impact that he has on on the court, yeah.
0: you can you cannot even measure it. It goes above any yeah. limits. I was also impressed by the energy of Anavaranda Tukumba Tanasis. <laughs> I mean, I, I cannot. I, my energy level just never can match his energy mm-hmm. level. I mean, he's shouting all the time. He's already fired up during the national anthem. Mm-hmm. Then he's getting this technical because he's. Kind of screaming at fans uh, yeah. for uh, after the good play, but he's doing it in the front of uh, Czech Republic bench. So he would be a perfect
1: was... ultra in the stands. Oh
0: yes, he would be that guy, <laughs> the leader with water polo uh, hat or, or what, what beating the it? drum. Yeah, beating the <laughs> drum. And I think I didn't see it's on the um, replay. I didn't have the uh, TV uh, at that moment, but it was be- before the fourth quarter when I saw coaches it was the yeah it was the break two minute minute break before before quarters between quarters and coaching staff they just uh, went a little bit uh, far away from 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 the players discussing some some things what they should address during the timeout and i think that tanasis approached them took the board when I mean, you you know do 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 all these sets came to the players and just shouted and explain something, you know? And I was like, okay, then I says, I'm not so sure if you're the highest IQ player, but of course, with this passion, maybe there was something to address, maybe there was something to point out because the game was very close. The Czech Republic was up by four, so, Probably it's more was more related about you know motivating uh, his, his teammates, but I mean he's always up oh, uh, during yes. the game. He never sits, and that of course irritates all I these remember, referees who are killing uh, benches with all these technical. I remember powers.
1: him being like this in Panathinaikos, and he's, yeah, he's yeah. like this in Milwaukee. Mm. Milwaukee Bucks are probably paying him to just. It doesn't matter if you're gonna play two minutes, mm. one minute, or maybe ten minutes, but do your part on the bench yeah. because that's where you're so great yeah. for the team.
0: I I love yeah, players who are so active at the bench, but of course sometimes you know not everybody kind of accepts it. It's it's risky and it might be an issue. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, but I hope in, in Greece it it works. It works well. Yeah, I think that's all. We have uh, four uh,
1: quarterfinals. Oh, yep. sorry, one more thing. Yeah didn't you have a, like a funny feeling watching Nick Kaledis going against Tomasz they after was having that... that discussion with Eric McCollum and Mike James and in then podcast. there
0: was this amazing play when they both uh, it was probably further the fourth quarter when they all I think they both went down to get the ball and I think Satoransky somehow managed to grab it and did this behind the back no look mm-hmm. pass amazing assist one of the better so uh, like...
1: assists one of the best point guards in the Euro League. both both going good. going against the player that's replacing him in Barcelona. Man, but both, both were, were good. Nick both were made good. three
0: pointers and Sotransk of course he dished seventeen assists. Yes, so yes. both are performing at the top level. Yes. Nicolitas oh, had that a that was good. amazing. He had matchup. a really good game, yeah. And yeah, for the quarterfinals, which starts on Tuesday, we have Germany Greece. And we just got the news that Wagner is questionable, but it it should be game time decision. He probably but there's expectation that he might play. Voigtman was feeling uh, sick, that's why he didn't practice, but that's the hope that he will play. Uh, Spain, Finland, also the game on uh, Tuesday. We'll see how Sergio, Sergio Scariolo will try to contain Markkinen. Slovenia, Poland. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> France, Italy, <laughs> France, Italy, a very uncomfortable opponent for for France, but maybe they're gonna do a better job than Serbian bigs. What would be your very very quick facts? What we're uh, waiting for the, uh, in the quarterfinals?
1: Um, I'm waiting for Germany, Greece, because it's gonna be a sold out mm-hmm. with Greek fans and German fans first of all, and I'm curious to see what they will be capable to do against Giannis building that wall because they're gonna, they're gonna have to do more or less the same things that Czech Republic did and how they will click on offense. Will they be able to punish Greece with their big shooting freeze and all Mm -hmm. that stuff? Greece is the favorite, the obvious favorite, but Germany at home... They're dangerous. I just you know never that know Wagner will be... Yeah, 100%. we need France Wagner yeah, to yeah. have... We need all the players. The best game possible. Spain, Finland... I, I expect Sergio Scariolo actually find some smart decisions. Lowry will obviously score. He's a scoring machine in FIBA, but um, I'm expecting Spain to, to go through to the semifinals. Slovenia, Poland, as you said. Yeah, let's you know? just hope And France, we Italy, have... we will see... A lot of passion on the court. We will hear those spectacular national anthems. Uh, Vincent Collet has to make some decisions, preparing the game plan for how he's going to defend a team that has five shooters on the court. And we'll just see whether Italy has enough left in the tank to surprise us once again, because that win against Serbia, it felt like they won a final. But this is just the quarterfinal stage, and obviously they're dreaming about the medals. But again, you need to go against all odds because Italy is not the favorite. Mm. But that will be probably the most interesting game for me out of all four mm.
0: four quarterfinals. What do you think? Could be, could be. I just love Germany. Germany, uh, I Greece, like the way yeah. they play, and as you said, you know the gym will be packed. Amazing Greek fans also are here. Mm. I mean, Yanis just brings way more excitement. So, eh, nah, I just hope that uh, quarterfinals will be as exciting as the round of uh, 16 was. And for sure, uh, we'll discuss the quarterfinals uh, the following day of the last quarterfinal game. Thanks for watching us. Edita Svishnauskas, Donato Surbonas. Follow us on basketnews.com YouTube channel. And just quick reminder to press this like button because it really helps us to grow and subscribe if you didn't do it uh, before thank S- you guys see you soon
1: hey everyone hey fans Pau Gasol here courtside 1891 is your home to stream your 2022 visit courtside 1891 today don't miss the action live or
0: on demand